Kendall Graveman signs a three-year, $24 million deal with the White Sox, breaking that down, what it means for the Twins, and also continuing to assess this free agent market on today's episode of Locked on Twins. You are Locked on Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to the Locked On Minnesota Twins podcast. Today is Tuesday, November 23rd, and I'm your gracious host, Nash Walker. Thank you so much for making Locked On Twins your first listen every day. We are free and available on all podcast platforms. Please subscribe on YouTube and uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Make Locked On Twins your first listen every day. Day. Again, this is Nash Walker, writer at Twins Daily, lifelong Twins fan, bringing you five days a week coverage on the Minnesota Twins. Had a discussion last night. I guess when it's just me, it's like a monologue. Had a monologue last night about uh, the middle tier free agents and why they're signing right now before the lockout, securing their bags. We talked about it yesterday, why they're doing that. It makes sense. I think it's smart. Another middle tier free agent off the board today in Kendall Graveman, one of the best relievers on the market. And it's the Chicago White Sox. Three years, $24 million for Graveman. The White Sox have built a super pen. I think this is interesting for a couple reasons. Number one, the White Sox still have Craig Kimber on their roster. They picked up his option. So you have Liam Hendricks, Kendall Graveman, and Craig Kimbrell in the back of your bullpen. Three of the best right-handed closer slash relievers in the game from 2021. Kimbrell had a bad stint with the White Sox after being traded for Nick Madrigal and Cody Hoyer, which now looks like a disastrous trade. White Sox sounds like are going to try to trade Kimbrell for something, and Graveman kind of fills that role. I think he's more so filling the Michael Kopech role. The fire-throwing reliever for the White Sox last year, former top prospect, is now going to move into the rotation as a starter, which is scary for Twins fans, for sure, because Kopech's electric. But now they need a multi-inning reliever to fill that spot. Kendall Graveman, former starter, is filling that spot. Graveman doesn't have a long track record. He was a failed starter, turn reliever, dominated for Seattle, then was traded to Houston, had walk issues in Houston, was okay for them in his stint, was good in the playoffs. But again, walk issues in the playoffs, um, just wasn't fully trusted at that point. Did have a great 33 innings with Seattle, though. And, and the White Sox are going off that. They're going off the fact that Graveman was moved to the bullpen. His stuff was ticked way up when he was moved to the bullpen. He's now 97-99 with a power sinker. You know, he's got really good stuff. He's got a starter's repertoire of pitches. Maybe they break it down a little bit more and have him throw certain pitches more and certain pitches less. But three years, $24 million is a great parlay for Kendall Graveman. He was never going to make that as a starter. He just wasn't, wasn't good enough to make that as a starter. Moves to the bullpen, gets big-time money, three-year deal. White Sox have uh, definitely invested in that bullpen in recent years. They traded, like I said, Madrigal and Hoyer for Kimbrel. They signed Liam Hendricks to a big-time deal for three years and – it was 54 million bucks. So they've invested and now they've signed uh, Grayman for three years, 24 million. The twins would never do a deal like this. I don't think, especially after what happened with Addison Reed, they would never, I don't think go to three years on a reliever. I don't think they would even want to go two years on a reliever. I haven't seen it since I've been the host of the show. We're coming up on two years next week. I've not seen them go multiple years on a free agent reliever. So, or extend a reliever for that matter. They just, I, I don't think they view it the same way that the Sox do. And and when the White Sox hired Tony La Russa and they made that decision, they decided 
that they were going to give him as many options as possible last year out of the pen. It didn't really work out. Like their pen was good at times and really shaky at times. You know, I kind of unlucky, I think, too. And then Kimbrell came in and blew up. And it just didn't come together the way that they'd hoped. But Liam Hendricks was very good, and the pen was good enough to get them to an American League Central title and into the postseason and win one playoff game there at home against the Astros. But it's interesting. I mean, they just keep adding and adding and adding to a strength. They have a hole basically at second base, and they need uh, potentially an outfielder as well. But the White Sox are pretty set, and they have a lot of money committed as well to this team, and, and they've extended a lot of their guys. And they're pretty set, but they're expected to be aggressive. I don't know if this is their aggressive move or Marcus Semien at second base is an aggressive move or what they're going to end up doing, but um, they bring in Graveman, and they're certainly going for it right now, trying to give Tony La Russa as many options as possible. I think it's funny because Tony La Russa, you know, he's more so than a lot of managers going to keep his starter in longer. I think the fact that they pushed Giolito, Cease, especially Carlos Rodon, as hard as they did at the beginning of the year, and it's hard, it's difficult because – those guys were pitching so well in those games, and it's hard to pull them. But after the, the shortened 2020 season, I thought, and this is not hindsight bias because I remember at the time thinking they shouldn't have allowed those guys to go as deep into games as they did. And it's less so of, oh, I believe that they should have gone to this great bullpen, which I do, but also that it was a shortened year in 2020. Color Sardin has a super long history of injuries. He gets up to 115, 130 innings, and you're still only in August or September, and it's like, you got to monitor things like that. And I think they could have benefited having a, a stronger, healthier, more solid rotation in the postseason if they would have rested those guys. You never know. This is just me talking. This is just uh, me looking back and thinking what could have been better for them. But it's funny because LaRusso is going to let his guys go, and then they're also going to build this super pen. So they have uh, pitching galore, and the Twins should be envious of how much pitching they have. However, the rotation of Giolito, Lynn, Cease, Keuchel, and um, Kopech is solid and has some serious upside. But Dallas Keuchel wasn't very good last year, and Dylan Cease still is trying to get over that hump um, to being that frontline starter that the White Sox have hoped for so long. Let's talk about this market, what I think the best route is for the Twins as we push on this postseason. Bet online, it's Thanksgiving, and we all know what that means. Thanksgiving football. It's time to bet. It's time to play. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this Thanksgiving. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. And it's not just football. Bet Online has pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, even your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, we're stuffed with deals this Thanksgiving. I want to tell you about DirecTV Stream as well. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again, and the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. I want to thank you again for making Lockdown Twins your first listen every day. We are free and available 
on all podcast platforms. So we talked about it a little bit yesterday, but what's the route for the Twins to take this offseason to improve the rotation with also maintaining an eye to the future? You got to start in a couple of different places because it is complex. The first place you have to start is what is the strength of the Minnesota Twins system right now? Where do we think they'll improve most strictly from a prospect pool place? And fortunately, I look at their system and I think their number one strength is upper minors pitching, upper minors starting pitching. They have a slew of guys, Josh Winder, Yuan Duran, injuries last year, but at AAA. Jordan Balazovic, we know, Twins top pitching prospect. Louis Varlin had a huge year, should start at Wichita at AA next year. Cole Sands, Chris Valamont, who they added. They have a, a really nice crop of, of starting pitchers in their system. And I think there are some arms to be excited about there. So I think that's their strength when maybe last year their strength, Simeon Woods Richardson as well, don't want to forget about him. Some of these guys had bad years. Some of these guys were injured, but highly rated prospects. And I think when you look at the twin system, it sticks out as their clear strength. When a year ago, it might have been corner outfield. It might have been power with Rooker and Larnick and Kirloff. Now those guys have either graduated or we've learned more about them where they're not as highly regarded as prospects. And now this system strength has become starting pitching. If you look at their system, it's really interesting. They have two clear top or three clear top position player prospects in Austin Martin, Royce Lewis, Jose Miranda. And then it kind of drops off and you have like Matt Wallner and Aaron Sabato or Keone Kivako as a high upside play, their first round pick from 2019. And it, it drops off from a position player standpoint, but they have this whole group of starting pitchers in there. And Bailey Ober, Joe Ryan already at the major league level. And when you can develop someone like Bailey Ober, who wasn't seen as maybe a top 10 pitching prospect in the system, and he turns out to be a potential mid-rotation starter for you for the next five years, that's a huge find, and that raises your floor for the team. So if we're looking at a clear strength of the system, I think it's upper minors pitching. And I'm not just saying that because the Twins need it. I'm telling you that as someone who watched minor league baseball this year, covered minor league baseball every single week, and saw how electric some of these arms are in the twin system. I'm still very high on Yuan Duran. I'm still very high on Josh Winder, regardless of the injuries. And they have, you know, Matt Cantorino, too, who's got an electric arm. I see him coming out of the bullpen in the future. But still, if he can remain as a starter, I mean, he's a beast as well. So they have a lot of these guys coming. Still, the number one thing, and then another part of this is, okay, you see the strength of the system is upper minor starting pitching, should be coming through soon. Another factor in this is what is the hardest thing to get in baseball? And other than a superstar player, it's a superstar pitcher, right? It's very, very hard. It's the hardest thing to do. Develop frontline starting pitching. Super difficult. If you can do it consistently, you're going to be in the race every single year. Look at Cleveland in their heyday. I mean, they had Lindor and Jose Ramirez, but their ability to, to produce, you know, Corey Kluber, Shane Bieber, Zach Plezak, Mike Clevenger, Trevor Bauer, all these guys who came through, that was what helped them succeed. That's how they won the Central so many years. That's how they went to the World Series. That's how they've had success in recent years is this pipeline of pitching because other teams just simply can't do it at that same level, and that's what makes it such a advantage for Cleveland. So developing that pitching, and the best place to start in developing an ace-level starting pitcher is to start with like 10 pitching prospects, right? That's what you hear. There's no such thing as a pitching prospect. You need to start with like 10 or 15 to work with. And maybe one of them turns out to be that frontline starter you're looking for. That's how difficult it is. So the Twins are in an enviable spot in that case. I think they have a lot of those guys where you could see one or two of them 
turn out to be frontline starters. Hopefully a handful of them are mid-rotation to back-of-the-rotation starters, and then you're going to have injury. You're going to have ineffectiveness. You're going to have lack of development. You're going to have you know, guys who are overhyped or, or overrated in the minors, in the prospect system. So that's those things will happen. But if they can produce one frontline starter, couple mid-rotation starters, couple back-of-the-rotation starters out of that group, that's a huge success. That's how difficult it is. With that being said, when you look at free agents starting pitching, because it's so hard to acquire good pitching and to develop good frontline, even mid-rotation starters, to get them on the free agent market is super expensive. And a lot of times you're paying way more for less value than you would for a position player. And I think for the Twins, rightly or wrongly, they see it the same way. And I think the number one path this offseason, the path that I think they're going to take, that I predict that they take this offseason, is they're going to look at their farm system and they're going to say, look, we traded Jose Barrios, we traded Nelson Cruz, we got some nice prospects in return, we have a deep farm, we have a 40-man roster that is pretty loaded with good prospects and with guys who are probably, you know, I remember Thad Levine saying in 2019, there was a certain number of players that teams had called on in the twin system. It's a ridiculous number. Of, of players that teams are interested in because the, the strength of this system is its depth. It's not at the top. They don't have a top 10, top 15 prospect in the system. They have incredible depth and that's, that is their strength. And that's been their strength in their farm system for the last handful of years. So they can deal from that strength, deal from your depth. And a lot of times when I propose trades for, whether it's Luis Castillo, Chris Bassett, Frankie Montas, Shamanaya, whoever it might be, Max Meyer, we're going to talk about today. It's like, why would you ever trade starting pitching prospects, which I understand, but it's so deep that I think they can afford. And because those guys have so much value, they can afford to trade a Cole Sands. They can afford to trade, you know, a Matt Cantorino. I think they can afford to trade those guys because they have others. And you have, this is where self-scouting comes in and is so important. You got to trade the right guys. You can't trade away Akil Badu. You can't trade away Lamont Wade Jr. You can't trade away Luis Gill for Jake Cave. You can't do that. So they have to make the right moves, but I think if you can make the right move, it's okay to deal pitching prospects. It's okay to deal one or two of those guys because you have others. And it can fall apart quickly, especially if you trade the wrong guy and you keep the wrong guys. But if you can self-scout and figure out who you want to keep and who you think has value in a trade and you're okay parting with and you can be right, they can, they can turn this thing around. And when I say that, here's what I'm looking for. They also have... Obvious players in the majors, position players who would help other teams. Mitch Garver, Mike Petriello writing about catchers yesterday. The free agent catching market is just brutal. And what that means is Mitch Garver, Gary Sanchez, whoever else is going to have high value on the trade market. We know Mitch Garver is going to have value. Ryan Jeffers is going to have value. I don't know who has more value today. Probably to a team like the Marlins that wants to compete right now. Garver probably has more value to them. For a team that's looking toward the future, I know the Reds already have Tyler Stevenson, who's a good pitching prospect. But let's say the Reds, who are looking toward the future, want a regular. Jeffers is probably more attractive to them. Or, or Oakland. Oakland's a good example. Ryan Jeffers is probably more attractive to them, even though they have Sean Murphy. That could be a, a potential duo there at catcher. So looking at their position player group, Luis Arise, Mitch Garver, Max Cup, and Miguel Sano, we know there's, there's some continuity on this roster, and there's value to be traded on this roster. Josh Donaldson. They have guys that can trade. They have guys who are ready to fill those spots and Jose Miranda and, and soon, hopefully, Austin Martin and Royce Lewis. So they can trade from that strength as well. Their strengths, pitching prospects in the minors at the high minor levels and position players on the roster, right? So they have that value. 
here's the thing the route that i think they'll take it's a long way of saying i think the twins will look to trade from those strengths i think they'll package maybe a strength or two to go get controllable starting pitching because when you can go get max Meyer, this is why max meyer is so interesting to me and i know sometimes you just point out these specific names you're like this is the guy i want a lot of times teams aren't interested in trading those guys the Marlins, to me, are so, so curious because they have so many pitching prospects and pitchers in the majors. Pablo Lopez, Sandy Alcantara, Eliezer Hernandez, Max Meyer, Zach, I think it's Zach Eater or Zach Eady is a big-time lefty. They have a bunch of guys because they've been bad and they've been able to hoard these guys in the, whatever trades they've made. Marcelo Zuna trade, they got Sandy Alcantara, who now has been an ace and was just signed into an extension, so I don't think he's going to get traded. But they, they have that strength, a major strength to deal from. And they can deal a Max Meyer and a Lisa Hernandez to the Twins for their strength, a Mitch Garver, a Max Kepler, a Byron Buxton perhaps, although we don't want that to happen, more so Garver. And the Twins can hopefully survive a hit like that to their duo. They would need Jeffers to take a step forward. They need Ben Rortfett to take a step forward. Maybe they sign a stopgap left-handed bat behind the plate. That's the way that I see them going, trading for controllable starting pitching and then supplementing maybe with a mid-rotation starter who they think can take another step forward or a lower option on the free agent market, one-year deal, two-year deal, a guy who they think can, they can adjust and help and turn into a mid-rotation starter. I think that's what they're going to do. I think that's what they're looking toward. And sadly, that that probably means no Marcus Stroman, no Robbie Ray, no Kevin Gaussman, but that might be the best way forward. Might be because they need to get it right. If they choose to do that, they need to get it right. The jury will be out for a while. Like if they were to trade for Max Meyer and they traded away from a strength, like they traded a pitching prospect for a pitching prospect and added in Garver because Meyer's a top pitching prospect. Like, let's say Garver and I don't know, Cole Sands, who's lesser of a prospect than Meyer, certainly, certainly among pitchers as well. If they traded a package like that and got Max Meyer, they need to be right on Meyer and they need to be right on Sands because if Sands turns out to be better than Meyer and they lost Mitch Garver, that's another huge loss, and that's a mistake. So it has to be right. They have to get it right, but I'm okay with that. I'm okay with trading prospects for controllable starting pitching, for a Frankie Montas who has only two years, or guys in the early arbitration who have two or three years. I'm okay with doing that. I'm okay with it even being a hefty price. You just got to get it right, and that's easier said than done, but I think that's the key for the Twins. Just self-scout correctly get it right thank you so much for making locked on twins your first listen every day we are free and available on all podcast platforms now make your second listen locked on bets your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs locked on bets hosted by your boy q with expert analysis and insight from lee sterling it's free and available on all podcast platforms thank you so much have a great